the power of Christ compels me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought that was going to be a little more emphatic. Not going to do a second take. You can imagine why. Thank you for tuning in. This is Requiem for a Tuesday. Your boy Adam Pecora here. We're talking about The Exorcist. And I'm not too happy about it. Stay tuned to find out why. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I got like boogers coming out of me now. It's a mess. Anyway, rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday, please. Uh, Apple, Spotify. I don't even know which ones are left anymore. Now a bunch of ones are going away. Google Podcast, goodbye. Stitcher, goodbye. But whatever, iHeartRadio, Audible, YouTube, you name it. We're on it. Uh, give us those subs, give us those reviews, means a lot. Uh, download's been going up, up, up. Love to see that. Let's keep that going. Um, Not quite hitting the exponential growth goal, but, you know. The numbers are going up, ladies and gentlemen. We love to see it. Oh, boy. <laughs> you hear that crack in there? So why people tune into this show, Authenticity. I could redo that, but I'm not going to. My throat hurts <laughs> so bad. <clears throat> that was a way bigger rip. See, I was so worried about its placement by the mic that I completely disregarded exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I'll recover. Anyway, you can get the merch at rfat.bigcartel.com. You can follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Check out the music I make by myself or with Justice as Multiplex. Wolf X for solo. Linked in the description below with everything else conveniently for you to indulge and enjoy. This right here. In this country, that's not working, is it? That was a Kennedy attempt. I felt like I had it, and then uh, I certainly felt like I didn't. Okay. So today we are talking the new Exorcist film, The Exorcist Deceiver, Believer. I don't know which one's first. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> I think this one's Believer, and the next one's Deceiver. Doesn't matter. I have a lot of thoughts, and not many of them are about the movie itself, ironically. It's really just about, like, this IP nonsense, the over-franchisification of every fucking thing that's ever happened. That's the flaw with this movie, well, there's a few flaws with the movie, don't get me wrong. My God, my throat hurts, okay? <laughs> Holy shit. It's like I swallowed a full pizza roll right out of the oven. So, I mean, where to begin? I guess The Exorcist is a weird franchise either way because the original is just like a general classic, let alone a horror classic. You know, 
a horror movie nominated for an Oscar. The famous story of the troubled production, though, as well. William Friedkin, a legend. And, you know, it's a great movie. It's undeniably a great mu- movie. The music, iconic. Classic, iconic shots. Um, and, you know, it ha- it was like one of the first viral, like, you're gonna fucking shit your pants in the movie theater. Like, <laughs> People are fucking convulsing watching this fucking mayhem. So it had all that going for it and was a huge hit, huge success. And then that was kind of it. I mean, what? It was like 1973. So, I mean, were sequels even really happening at that time? I feel like no. And when there is a sequel, the second one is... Its legacy is that it's one of the worst films ever made. That was probably pretty aggressive at the time, but I don't imagine that it's good and, like, you can go 180 on that thing and act like, oh, wait, it's actually underrated. Like, if it is underrated, it's still mediocre, and that's, the like, the ceiling it has. Like, there's no chance it's completely misunderstood. Regardless, nobody wants to see that movie. Nobody's interested in that movie. The Exorcist 3, Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. So it has a bad rap right there. Uh, (laughs) Apparently it's pretty good and also apparently it's not really related to The Exorcist at all and the people who made it didn't even want that title in there and they basically shoehorned it in as an Exorcist sequel. Um. Kind of like how Die Hard 3 happened, but that worked. Love Die Hard 3. Anyway. So does that even really count? <clears throat> and then there's the whole prequel fiasco, which I never, I don't know. I guess I just didn't even notice or pay attention to. Because again, nobody really cares about this franchise. They hire Paul Schrader to make an exorcist prequel he makes the prequel and they're like we hate it change it and he's basically like no (laughs) and they're like come on and he's like no and then they're basically just like well we hate it so we're gonna make a whole nother movie and they basically made another version of the first movie And they're like, but it needs more fun, like make it more jumpy and scary and sexy. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. Uh, And that movie is apparently a huge disaster. And then they're like, all right, next year we'll just release the other one that we made the first time. But I guess it was already too late or something or they didn't release it very wide or I don't really know. Uh, And that movie apparently isn't very good either, but it's better, I guess. So essentially, like like, of all the post-original Exorcist movies, the best one is like an underrated cult classic Exorcist 3 that's not really about the Exorcist at all. And then that's it. And then that's all you have up to this point. And I think there was also a TV show. But, I mean, 
if that's what we're talking about here, then that's not a movie. You know what I mean? So either way, it's like we're going to act like you have some legacy after a masterpiece of a film and like you're going to try to be like, yeah, but the TV show's okay. Like, no. And either way, it's been canceled. And it was on, I think, like national regular network television. So I don't even know how any of that happened. The point is, The Exorcist has no merit or name recognition really at all. Like, the one movie does, but every single other thing called The Exorcist has failed. So what are we doing here? Number one, okay, and then... That my counterpoint to this entire thing is Halloween just because the obvious reason David Gordon Green and that whole group made this most recent Halloween trilogy and they've now been hired to make an Exorcist trilogy. It probably won't get there, frankly, um, as this movie is currently struggling mightily at the box office. Boy, I cannot stop needing to clear my throat. I apologize. Uh, (laughs) so Halloween followed a formula and the formula does typically work at least on surface level. And then you maybe never revisit the movie again, or it really works and it really connects and it's a good movie plus nostalgia and whatever. And that's what I think the Halloween reboot sequel, whatever is I'm still mad that they ignored the events of Halloween 2 but whatever <clears throat> I don't ignore those events and that's all that really matters but they followed the okay let's bring back legacy characters we'll reference legacy moments but then we'll refresh it with a new younger cast that'll shepherd this thing forward as main characters. Scream did this way in advance. Obviously with Scream 4. It was already. In that realm. <clears throat> Jesus. I really want to stop. Because now I'm really conscious of the throat clearing. And I can't. You know you try to do one bit. And it just goes awry. Still sniffling and shit too. God damn it. Okay. Try to refocus here. This new Exorcist movie, you know, I guess I just naturally assumed would follow that exact same formula. Now, the only returning member is a 90-year-old woman. So, how much could they really follow it? And the answer is not at all. And there's a lot of reasons for that, though, which I understand even from the filmmaker's perspective. Because, again, you're only going off of one movie, so you can only reference so much shit without basically just remaking it, which the Halloween reboot 100% is not even remotely in that territory. It's not... There's some, some references to the original, and throughout the trilogy, they reference all of the movies, even the bad ones. But it's not just like, here's Halloween 1 again, which was like the Star Wars 
whatever one that one's called. A New Hope? No, A New Hope's the original one, right? What the fuck was that Star Wars movie called? See, I don't even know. The Force Awakens? Right. So, yeah, that one, they just remade the first movie with new people and, like, repackaged it. That was a mistake, and that movie's not good. But, I digress. The Exorcist, again, because nobody's even going to get any of the references to any of the other movies because nobody's seen them. There's no interest in them. There wasn't even at the time those movies didn't do well. But again, all stemming from the proper reason, which is like the reason why Jaws sequels failed. You can't. It's about the expertise of the filmmaker who made this movie. That's why this is good. Unfortunately, you know, you kind of need Steven Spielberg. You kind of need William Friedkin. They kind of do things pretty well for a read. You know what I mean? Like, it, it adds up. But, like, what are they going to do? Have some shot of the stairs and redo the silhouette? The Exorcist is too serious in tone for that. So it's another reason why this doesn't work is because Halloween has all the counter-arguments to all of this stuff. Even the movies that suck, a lot of them still have fans. Now, there's not a, like, there's not a lot of, like, Halloween resurrection is great, people. But plenty of people love, like, 4, 5, and 6 for some reason. And then, you know, there's H2O. There's a legacy movie that already happened. Like, there's just a lot of fun that happens regardless either way. There's campiness. Even the original... You know, it's a low-budget independent film. It's not this high art thing. And, you know, there's not a ton of comedy in Halloween, but it's not, you know, it's not a drama. It's just a horror movie. Whereas The Exorcist is, it's real. You know, like, that's the goal, is for this to be, not that Halloween's wasn't playing for realism as well, but you understand what I mean. <clears throat> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> there's just a tone that you can't go to in The Exorcist. Because it's just not silly. It just it just isn't. It's supposed to truly be God versus the devil, good versus evil. And all that fun stuff. So Michael Myers... And all of those films, you know, there's just a longevity factor. There's a popularity factor. There's just too much at play. The same thing that it has with The Exorcist is the music. But that's all The Exorcist has. And they used it pretty sparingly and rightfully so. Um, This new movie, finally getting to it, I guess, is not even... I guess what you could dub an exorcist film. They they did the same thing, is basically all I can say. They shoehorned in the way that it ties to the original movie, um, but it doesn't at all. I'm just going to be honest. It's a completely different story, a completely original idea. <clears throat> And here's the thing. The movie's not good. 
but it's worse by the fact that they tried to make it an exorcist thing. And I think if that element were removed from it, it would still fare better. And we could look at it a little bit differently, but I still wouldn't care for it. And I'm going to explain why. There will be spoilers, but again, this movie's not good and there's not a lot to spoil. There's not a whole lot going on here, but that's my warning. Please rejoin and listen later if you're a pussy and you're going to turn it off. (laughs) So, oddly enough, we open in Haiti right before that big earthquake that killed like a lot of people in real life. Don't ask why. I don't know. Odd choice, I would say. But I kind of get why. They're just trying to... They picked a place that's like spiritual. But yeah, I don't know. Not necessary for there to be the earthquake. There there could have been some other kind of accident that just happened. Regardless, um, a man and his wife are vacationing in Haiti. I don't know if it's vacationing, if they're intentionally there for some type of spiritual experience It's not really stated. The woman does go through some weird type of like ritual to like bless her child. I don't think they were there for that intentionally. Um, Like the next morning is the earthquake. The wife is trapped beneath a building. She dies um, because they're only able to either save the child or her if they just do, you know, due to injuries, whatever. You can't sedate one and then have the baby and then whatever, and I don't know. Could be realistic, could not be. I mean, I certainly questioned it, but I don't know how well the hospitals are doing in Haiti. Probably not great. Probably not great after the earthquake. So, I guess that's all fair. Then we just do a... So that's the origin of the whole thing. We do a cut ahead. The guy lives alone with his daughter, who's now 13, I believe. They cut ahead years. And whatever. And she's kind of starting in high school. And here's my main issue with the the movie as a whole. They put zero real effort in to building any one character in this movie. You might know a couple of facts about a few of these people, but that's it. You know nothing about even their personalities, um, what they like, what they dislike, who are they, how do they act, do they have a sense of humor, do they have anything, are they good people? You know what I mean? Every person in this thing could be a sociopath, I'd have no idea. And the movie's tone... Because it's supposed to be grim and sad and ominous, though, you don't know if you're supposed to, like, mistrust anyone at any point because everything is a, like, dark, dramatic moment. So it's like, does somebody have an ulterior motive or is this just bad writing? And it's pretty much just bad writing, but... I'll give you further example. I'll just get, I'll just do the rundown. We'll go back to the plot for a second. Okay, the daughter. What I know about her is she has just a dad. Uh, she wishes she could connect with her mom. That's actually the next part of the plot, so that'll help us push forward a little bit. 
Um, they simply allude to the fact that they just spend a lot of time together. He's obviously very protective of her implied because of the result of the death of his wife. So she's all he has afraid to let anything happen to her after something happened to his wife, et cetera, et cetera. She is just like, okay, I want to hang out with my friend like one time. And then they show her looking through her mom's stuff. Okay. Kid wishes she knew more about her mom who died, basically, in order for her to be alive. Obviously, a kid would be interested in something like that. She then is just like, I'm going to hang out with my friend one time. He's like, all right. That's it. That's all we know. We don't know who the friend is. There's no backstory on her. There's no implications about who these You know what I mean? There's just nothing given to you about anybody yet. Uh, so she goes and meets this girl in the woods and they just do some ritual thing. And it's like, oh, they're trying to like talk to her spirit. And then it cuts. And then that's it. That's it. It cuts. And then they're like, where's my daughter? She's gone. And then they're like, oh, I'll call this parent, I'll call that parent, whatever. They all talk to each other, and they're like, where's her daughters? We don't know, right? They all said they're going to someone else's house, and neither of them were going to that person's house or whatever. Um, so they just disappear, and then that's it. And now they're mad at each other because they're like, who's your daughter? And he's like, well, who's your daughter? We don't even know you. And basically, that's the thing. Yeah, he keeps her isolated. They don't know the community really at all. Whatever. And basically, the only point they're trying to make is like, this guy's not religious, but everyone else in town is very religious. But they don't convey that very well at all. Like, it's alluded to just a little bit. And that's ultimately not even the fight that they actually end up having. They're basically just both mad because their daughters are missing and it's like, well, I don't trust you and whatever. And that all, you know, that's logical, but that's about it. And they just kind of keep adding characters for no reason, right? So then he has one neighbor and she's just some lady. Uh, it's the lady from The Leftover. She's a great actress, but she has no material and she's just like, move your trash cans one day and then he doesn't and then that's it. So you're just supposed to assume that she sucks, I guess. But then that's it because the daughter shows back up and she's at the hospital and then the lady's a nurse there and then is super nice to them again. So we just don't know anything about anybody. So then the daughters show up. Uh, you know, they their hands are all fucked up and their feet are all fucked up, but they basically have like no medical problems. They have no memory of what happened to them. So the but the hospital just has to like let them go very shortly they start going crazy and it's whatever. That's the thing. It's all just whatever. Because like this is all that's going on in the movie. There is no like oh, while my daughter's in a coma, like we have a heart to heart and I like learn something about somebody. None of that ever happens. So when I say it's like the daughters are gone and then we cut to a thing and then that's the whole scene. Like I'm explaining every single thing that happens. There's no other meat on these bones. Right? So we then cut to them 
going crazy, and then they're like, okay, they need to be exorcismed instantly. Like, they introduce another neighbor character, and he's like, here's some witch doctor. And then he's like, get out of my house. And that's it. That's all you meet of that other neighbor. Why even have the other neighbor? Why even have the witch doctor lady? Because then they just show up later, and it's like, okay, they're back, I guess. Who are they? And then his next-door neighbor, the one I mentioned from The Leftovers, who's the nurse, she just she has one moment where she gives just a, like, well, here's my explanation for everything at once, and she just reveals her entire backstory, like a pure exposition statement She's like, well, I had an abortion when I was a kid, and that's why I couldn't become a nun. But I always really wanted to be a nun. That's how religious I am. And then she she just, like, walks away. And then she's like, I'll try to get you a priest. And then the priest just, like, doesn't want to do it. And so then she's like, well, I can be, this is my time now. And so she only gave that speech just so she could be like, this is my time now. But it's like, you just gave me an exposition thing. So I don't feel like it's earned, if that makes sense. And then the demons reference it, you know, like taunting her, the two girls. And... It doesn't, again, it doesn't, it's like, oh, that's not a reveal because she just explicitly said it. Anyway, so in between, I did leave out a thing there. Yeah, they choose to bring the girls back to the house because it has to be done at the house. I don't know why. And then the priests don't want to do it. And regardless, there's not that moment of like, well, the guy is here who can save you. Like, and there's not a, there's no one who's defiant and strong like in the original. And so basically it's every, it's the neighbor and the witch doctor doing their version of what they want to do. And then it's the nun abortion lady and the priest who can't decide doing their version of what they want to do. And then the parents are just there. Of each of the kids. And we never learned anything about the parents. We don't know anything about the neighbors. We don't know anything about the priest. And it's like. I'm not really rooting for anything to happen here. And it's just. I kind of just expect them. To be fine. And there's no real scares. There's no real tension. They just kind of instantly become. Possessed. There's not this like progression. Like in the exorcist. There's no iconic scenes basically they just tie them to chairs and that's it so like yeah they start doing they start like drawing chalk lines and doing shit with smoke and fire and whatever and it all kind of starts to work you know like the thing is waning like pretty quickly and then and then there's a slight twist they reveal that Like, the demons reveal it because they know, like, everybody's secrets or whatever. So they reveal that he told the doctors to save his wife and let the baby die back in Haiti. And essentially, after that thing happened, that's why he lost his faith in God. And what this is supposed to represent is, like, you know, 
him re like experiencing religion or whatever. Or him needing to do so in order for, you know, this to work because it's clearly the devil. Anyway, like, yeah, you get it. And then they're like, because of this, now you have to choose which one of these girls will live or I'll kill them both. And then they're just like, no, we're not going to pick. Like, we're not going to fall for it. And then the G and then the what's it called? The priest like runs in, tries to do something. The demons kill him. And then the other girl's dad is like, I choose you. So the demons obviously kill her and then let the other girl live. Although they make it seem like the blessing in Haiti is the reason why she survived. Either way, that's the whole thing. And you're wondering how it ties back into the original. There's like a five minute thing in the middle. Where he's like getting back into research and trying to figure out how to do an exorcism and he calls the lady from the original and she's like I devoted my life to this after this happened and blah 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 and I'm an expert and we'll get this all fixed up for you and then in the next scene she just gets stabbed in both eyes with a cross and then she sits in a hospital bed the rest of the movie and they're just like, ah, remember? she's like, this happened to me in 1970 with William Friedkin, remember? And that's it. That's the only tie or reference to the original. And then they keep cutting to her in the hospital bed like she, because now that she's blind, she can like sense all this shit still. And it's also ironic because that's just what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis in the second Halloween movie. So point is... My biggest issue with this whole thing is it skipped the first movie where it has the fun references and the nostalgia tying back into my whole reasoning of The Exorcist does not have that. So they had nothing left. Now, there's a lot of really interesting visual stuff happening in the movie. Um, just great shots across the board, really, and all the performances are solid. The material's just dead and boring. And the exorcism doesn't like, yes, the girl dies. You don't really feel anything. Frankly, you don't know who that girl is. You literally didn't meet her until they were just in the woods and then they disappeared. So it's just implied that that's that girl's friend, but I don't know them. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like they cut out a lot of the wrong stuff. Maybe I I couldn't tell you. But there, it just felt like there was a lot missing from this. Um, and I think if you cut out, like I was saying, the parts with the original actress. I'm sorry for blanking on her name so many times in a row. Ellen Burstyn. There we go. If you cut out the parts with Ellen Burstyn, it's just a solid, interesting movie that doesn't really work. But. You know, you're not putting it up to the exorcist. Because every time you make like it's inevitably going to be compared to it, especially when you're calling it a direct sequel to it. And it falls short pretty much in every way. In terms of what the exorcist is and what it accomplishes. I mean, there's just nothing remotely close to that. 
it just happens to be similar in that they put a possession that in no way lives up to the original one. It's just not even close. And I don't, I don't know what they're going for, but that whole thing is supposed to be like a shocking, very difficult experience, and they kind of just wrap it up in a few minutes. It doesn't seem like David Gordon Green's very interested in The Exorcist. So, I don't get it. Um, the ultimate spoiler, spoiler now, there is an end reveal scene where Linda Blair does return to her mother's bedside and is like, I'm back, baby. And there's exposition where she's like, Linda Blair is gone forever. I've lost her, and she lives off the grid and won't tell me where and whatever. Point is, another flaw with this movie, and really all movies where you announce multiple to begin with outside of, like, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, if you announce that it's a trilogy, or in this case, there's definitely going to be two of them, I know that this that your goal for this movie in the end is to have a nice setup for a second movie. If you simply just don't announce that there's going to be a second one, like just don't, why announce it? Why? Like you can commit to the whole sequel behind the scenes and all that, sign all the contracts and keep it under wraps until after this comes out. Because then at least I would have the anticipation of a solid ending for a movie and then the fact that that's what the ending was literally you set up all this backstory and added all these characters in it's just for an excuse for linda blair to come into the movie and hey if she's not even in the second one then there's no point but they're basically setting up like she's going to be the star of the second one and is going to be the person to perform an exorcism and save someone that's what it seems like. That's what just what this movie should have been then. You know what I mean? Don't worry about doing three. How about you get one right and then worry about developing the second one? Because this, as I alluded to and pointed out this entire podcast, this movie didn't set itself up. This movie had no setup or backstory. And its entire purpose was just getting us to a second movie instead of being its own movie. Um, which was what I hated about Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills was like, here is a story to hold you over for the ending. And then that ending obviously completely went off the rails and is a completely different movie than the second one. So that didn't even make any sense anyway. It's the same problem here. Uh, this is, this was just a, like the prequel to the second movie, basic the, the prelude, I should say the intro to the song instead of the song. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just didn't work really at all. Again, great performances, great imagery. The effects, I guess, were fine. Um, but nothing that really even provokes your thoughts, really, in any way.
So that's rough. Um, I would say just don't call it The Exorcist. Like, why can't this just be a possession movie? I don't know. Because especially Linda Blair isn't a draw in the same way that Jamie Lee Curtis would be. Not because of the post-career even. Just because her role in The Exorcist is being possessed. I mean, if the th- if they get to the third movie and it's basically like, okay, she's the protagonist of the second movie, but it ends with her becoming possessed. And then the third movie is... You know, them re-exorcisming Linda Blair again. That could be interesting. But guess what? That could have just been... That could just be one movie. The whole thing could just be one movie. Is what I'm saying. Or two overall. Like, midway through... You go to Ellen Burstyn sooner. She takes you to Linda Blair. Now Ellen Burstyn's out of the movie. At least there's the legacy for her to be in it. She takes you to Linda Blair. Linda Blair helps the exorcism resolve at the end of this movie. But what actually happens is instead of saving the two girls, it actually went into her. Boom. Now the third movie, you have this whole gang of neighbors and all these people ready. They can, you know, all you do is introduce them in this movie And boom, they all come through and now they have to get it out of Linda Blair and you're redoing the original movie. But now you've established this cast of characters and neighbors and there's a justified reason for them to all gang up together and survive her. So boom, there's your solution. All you need to do is go. This is exactly what I was saying to the Halloween one. It's like if you just read the script and go through it, it's like, come on. Okay, now what's your second idea? How do we build off of your first initial idea? Let's do that. But no, it was like, here's the plan. And they're like, great. It's like, I, I don't understand why there wasn't more thought put into it. Really. Um, and I think myself and everyone else is getting sick of just like, well, we're going to slap the name on it and do the A plus B equals C formula and we'll fucking spoon feed your dog shit. And you'll say, yes, sir. Can I have another? And we're in fucking taking a stand and we're not saying it anymore man we don't fucking want this garbage I it's coming to a halt but it's not coming fast enough you know stop relying on the formula and just make a movie that's good write something that's good (laughs) like That's what we want again. The interconnective whatever of everything is over and we're sick of it and it makes it worse. You know, write a fucking TV show. If your plan is to just make a three part movie right away. Unless it's three individual movies, it's not interesting. You know? I mean, I'm sure there's a way that that could be interesting, but (sighs) I don't know. And I don't think those are the right people to do it, frankly. Um, I was going to do a sports corner to close it out. 
So we, we got five minutes here. I can just go over something real quick. Uh, the Lions are definitely for real. I was intentionally skeptical of the Lions hype because that's just an oxymoron. Um, but they're doing it. You know, I thought there was a chance that they'd be like the Giants this year and not turn a corner and just completely regress. And it looks like a completely fraudulent year. That's what's happening to the Giants, who I was a huge fan of last year. Uh, obviously, they're just unwatchable garbage now. That's unfortunate. Um, hope you can turn it around, Danny, because I liked what I saw last year, but that's rough. Uh, the Giants or the Lions are super legit, so good for them. Uh, my Atlanta Falcons, so my my New York Giants of this year, basically, looked okay. That defense is solid, which is surprising to me, and Desmond Ritter looked all right. Um, the skill guys are just so good. Like I was saying, it's pretty much like just get it to them. And he started just throwing it up for Drake London and Drake London is a baller, uh, really solid hands. It was amazing to see. And Kyle Pitts again, I was listening to Bill Simmons say this for a year plus, like, why are you not just throwing him the ball? Just throw him the ball. seems like that's working out for them. And, uh, they won despite a not great Bijan Robinson performance. So they're winning in other ways. Desmond Ritter looks okay. I want to like Desmond Ritter. Like he looks like he should be good. Like physically, he has like physical tools. So we'll see if they can put that together. But uh I like them. I will be rooting for them all year. I can confirm. That's my team of the year. Um the 49ers are fucking unbelievable. It's terrifying. I don't really know what else to say. Brock Purdy remains like the most fascinating story in football by a million miles. He's currently undefeated too. I I honestly would kind of like to see him get to like a total of 17 and 0. That would just be fun. I think you know they'd have to win seven more games though. I mean they could start 12 and 0. They're fucking insane. They're really good at everything. So <laughs> it's kind of unbelievable how good that team is. Um. So, yeah, not a whole lot to report on. Things are kind of shaking out mostly as expected. The AFC North is fucking weird, which is expected, but, you know. When you're expecting the unexpected, it's always unexpected. So, <laughs> the AFC North standings are odd, but I imagine it's all still so close enough right now that it doesn't really matter. That's just going to be a dogfight. Um... The Jets are bad. The Broncos are worse. That's crazy. Uh, the Bears, look, the reason why they didn't come first, I don't know what the fuck's going on. How are they that good in five days? Two good offensive performances back-to-back. -back. I don't buy it. I think it's fraudulent. Um, look, it's obviously better for your team to trend upward throughout the season, but that start was such dog shit that I, I don't really care. They would have to win a significant amount of games in a row for me to give them any consideration for a future. Um, I still want them to clean house and try to move forward. And it looks like the Panthers are so bad that we're pretty much going to have the first pick in the draft either way. So that's great. Um, so if they were to win like seven games still somehow and like come to where expectations were, I'd be okay with it. Obviously. That would still be fine. But I kind of would be disappointed to not get Caleb Williams at this point. But we'll see. 
a po- positive is positive. So if there's more positives, that's great. But I'm certainly not holding my breath. That's all I'll say. A lot of a lot of people are quick to flip flop here when it's like, oh no, I'm back in. I'm definitely not back in. I'm like, hey, beat the shitty Vikings, and then maybe we'll talk because the Raiders are also bad. Um, but I'm not looking ahead. Not looking ahead. <laughs> Knock on wood. All right. So yeah, that's my little NFL update. All in on Falcons, still all out on Bears, but pleasantly surprised and happy to see real football that looks like they're a real team and the offensive line might be okay because they actually have some guys back. And uh, I thought that that would be improved, so glad that that's not a huge failure after learning a lot. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday, please. Been loving seeing those numbers go up. Let's keep that going. Um... Share it if you can, if you don't mind. Uh, Hit subscribe. Uh, Check out all the links in the description below for more goodies and more fun. And uh, check it all out and like it all and love it all and subscribe it all and whatever. You get it. And remember, last thing, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.